Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? We here? We here. We're here. We turn on the recording and then all of the noises begin. Yep. We're here uh, in my LA studio. And as you guys know, we always have the most noises outside. <laughs> but it's so hot that we can't have the windows down. Yeah. So. By the way, your boobs look really good at that. They look well, like first of all, popping. I'm getting my period in like four or five days. So my boobs are fucking <sighs> huge. Oh my God. Yesterday I was gone for like nine days and I walked in and Keith goes, your boobs are huge. <laughs> They are. I was like, damn. I know. <laughs> and I'm wearing a, a little top. I know. I yeah, wish I like, could keep like the size. Start with the per- the personal stuff. Oh, speaking of the personal stuff. So yeah. The Tell poop, people. The poop didn't keep going. So oh. a lot of people reached out. They said, we need to know what are what the What if enzymes? someone just listened to this episode as the very first episode they've ever listened to? <laughs> and you just said the poop didn't keep going. <laughs> Good call. Well, the last episode, if you did not listen, let me fill you in. We were in Austin and I was talking about going to the bathroom and I was taking these new digestive enzymes. They seemed to be working really well to help me, but the help stopped and this, it's not the enzymes. It was a fluke or it was something else. So I'm, I'm troubleshooting, but just so you know, you don't all have to rush out and get the enzymes. Although I did post a picture of them in the Facebook group at the Best Life Podcast, if you are still curious and want to get them. <laughs> Well, didn't you just have like a pumpkin frappuccino at Starbucks? That would probably do it. It was so good. I'm still not going to do anything. <laughs> but I am going to Morocco today later on. So maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get a, a bug. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I Hopefully hope. you'll get a bug. I hope I get a bug. And just get cleaned out. Just like a two-day bug. I like that. <laughs> yeah. All sorts of personal stuff. But Danny and I are back just for a couple of days. We, um, You guys probably didn't know we're back. We've not been really sharing on the socials too much, but yeah. we've been hanging out the last couple of days here in LA. I'm back. Uh, she and Jeff have been here for a week and now you're taking off again yeah. for two weeks. Um, so we wanted to get a quick episode and something we've been thinking about a little bit. And it was interesting because we have asked this question on the best life story on Instagram. And I think I said something, I think I phrased it like, do you think the best life is too raw or too real or too raw or something like that? And most people, I think it was like 98% of the people said that it wasn't too raw. And there was like two or three people who said it was. I was like, hey, bye. <laughs> right. Like, why are you here? If that was you, just kidding. But also, like, <laughs> but it's funny because I think people don't know that on stories you can see. Yeah. Who, who says what? Who and like, I don't judge it. I'm like, everyone has an opinion. It's totally fine. But no, there I was judge. a few people who said it was too raw and too real. And you and I have been in a conversation recently around like business coaching and the internet and online space. Is it possible to be too relatable too on relatable. social media well, or on the podcast even. Yeah, we this was a topic brought up because, you know, being I don't I don't want to say like inf- I hate using the word influencer, yeah. but like being an influencer, being in a space where people know you from the internet, being insta famous or whatever, like not that that's what we are, but just being um being known on online. 
there is there is a school of thought and actually this came one of came from a friend of mine who said like when you meet people who follow you or you meet like your fans you should she called it the red rope policy basically like keep them behind a line almost to keep you raised above them and like better them on like celebrity status and yes. you know Jill and I have always been the kind where we've met people in person and in real life and we become friends with you guys and I think I think that is also part of why we like to say you're our besties. People say they listen to us and feel like they're talking to their best friends or we're their best friends or they know us. And I really love that. But on the other hand, it could like maybe if I'm selling a program, if you guys, if people think they're my best friend, they're not going to buy from me. So there's this this idea of you have to keep yourself at an elevated status so people will like buy from you. People will... Um, I don't know. I don't know what it I is. I think it's kind of disgusting. I mean, I get it. Because I remember yeah. the early days of social media, there was this feeling of it. And I especially experienced it on Twitter. I don't know if you did, where when I was kind of coming up in the space, and at this time, I was a full-time personal trainer in person. And I had started the blog at JillFit, but it was a really small readership. And I wasn't getting asked to speak at conferences yet. I wasn't getting you know, asked to be on pod. Like, I wasn't doing any of that kind of like peer colleague type, ego type yep. stuff. Um and I would tweet at some of the people in the industry who I looked up to. And I wouldn't even be like, hey, so-and-so, uh, aren't I awesome? Look at my thing. Like, I wasn't, like, soliciting them, right? It wasn't, like, in your face, like, trying to get their attention. It was very much, like, sharing an article by them mm -hmm. and putting my own two cents on it. So I would say something like, love this article by at so-and-so. Mm -hmm. It really, you know, it's, it's exactly, um, you know, what I teach my clients or it's really helpful for clients who are feeling X, Y, Z. So it wasn't even specifically to get their attention but I remember not getting any sort of acknowledgement of that yeah you know and on Twitter and just like on Instagram you get you can like the comment right so like you can like the tweet and I remember just and even sometimes if I was like directly tweeting to them and had a question about something or whatever no response I mean you just can't get away with that anymore yeah. right yeah. but it does beg the question you know there were people like me who were looking up to these people and seeing them as people to learn from or people to even aspire to be like. And so do you think that when you're too close or when you like have this like really relatable, especially like, you know, obviously this podcast, we've kind of ripped off the bandaid. If you're too relatable, almost TMI, people don't think that they can learn from you. Right. Like they don't or maybe they don't respect you or hold you in a higher regard. I don't know. That's why we just want to have this conversation because I've, you know, with Jade, um, Jill's ex was teaching at her mastermind last week or I don't know, two weeks ago, maybe it was. And he and I went out, we were having some drinks afterwards. Jill wasn't there. And we were just kind of talking more about what he taught her group. And he was talking about there's different things to share on Instagram. And part of them is like, one of them is like teaching, being the educator, and then showing some relatable content. And so we were talking actually about the difference between Jill and I. And I was saying to him at the beginning of the podcast, I always felt like I was the stupid one because I, I feel like Jill is, um, she reads a lot and she talk a lot about like studies. And I'm just like making up random ass stories like weird uh analogies that never make sense and so I was like oh I feel like I was the I'm the dumb one and I remember Jill saying like don't ever say that again and so he was going yeah like Jill like you have a really high relatability and she has high education and you guys can both like balance each other and so we were we we're going back and forth on this and I said well sometimes I think the problem can be where 
I'm too relatable and then people don't take me seriously or they don't want to like hire me for coaching or, or something. Or are you too accessible even? Yeah, like they DM right? you and you, you know, respond Despond. to their questions. So right. why would they ever pay you? Sure. Do you feel like that sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I don't think I always did. And it's interesting because I have trouble being any different. I don't, totally. I don't like having... I, I, I have a hard time with questions in my inbox that I feel like I could give a quick answer or direct them to a blog or be helpful and just ignoring them just because I feel like I should ignore them because somehow. And they need to pay you. Right. And and I agree. I think that's kind of disgusting behavior. I just don't think that, I think you couldn't be that way. And I think anyone who is that way, Mm -hmm. it's not going to, it's not going to last long. I don't think. Yeah. And uh, you know, for me, it's, one of the ways that I built my business and built my clientele when I was training was by answering those questions for free at the beginning. And so there is a point, and I do get this because I do remember during Sweaty Betty's, I started getting tons and tons and tons of DMs. And I remember at one point I was spending so much time answering my DMs, my actual paying clients were getting neglected. And I was like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. I need to be working with my paying clients. And then I started going, hey, there's a blog about this that I wrote or directing them instead of answering or saying, hey, let's post that on the page so everybody could see it because I'm sure you're not the only one who asked the question. So I was trying to help that way. And I feel like that gave me and had me get more clients. But I also can see how it can maybe make people think, well, yeah, why would I pay her if she's just going to talk to me anyway? So it's just a tricky, it's a tricky one. I didn't really love the idea of the red rope you know, kind of thing, like keep people at a distance or an arm's length. When I'm at events, I want people to come up to me and have conversations. I've been the, uh, on the other side where I went up to somebody that I really admired and um, went, it was an author, went up to him and told him that his book changed my life. And it just was such a, he just gave me this look like he was looking over my shoulder, looking for someone else. And I felt so stupid. Mm. And I was like, wow, I don't, I didn't like that feeling. And then on the other hand, I met, and I'll say his name, I met Brendan Burchard and he was so gracious, like looking me in the eye, shook my hand. Um, He was just like, thank you so much for, you know, buying my program and coming to my event. And I was like, that's the kind of person I'd like to be like versus the other one who was like dismissive. Because when you are a fan of somebody's work and you do, it it takes courage to go up to them. Yes. And then to say, to like give them a compliment or say thank you for your work and then they dismiss it, it feels like... I don't know. It just feels gross and rude, especially because I'm like, dude, I bought your book. I wanted to say thank you for, you know, it changed my life. And then he was just like, yeah, okay, get out of my face, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, that's gross. I mean, you know, I think um, I think I might have shared this on another I don't know which episode, but there's this uh, concept in psychology research called the pratfall effect, which is uh, pratfalls like it's kind of like um, like a mess up or a mishap or something like that. So in the research, I actually really love this study in research. They brought in this guy who was an actor. But they dressed him up like a businessman. And he went into a boardroom and he gave a talk on something. He was like teaching and lecturing and he was really smart and he came off really competent. And then he left the room and then the people in the room had to rate his likability. And they gave him pretty hard regards. Like obviously he's educated, whatever. So then they have a different group of people that they bring into a boardroom. Same guy, the same actor. But this time he has a coffee stain on his shirt. So he walks in, he gives the whole, so he comes in, he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I like, I have the stain. I just like, well, and like kind of like self-deprecating talks about the coffee stain, but then has the competency, same confidence, competency delivers the, the content. Then he leaves and they rate him and they rated him as more likable. So still very smart, capable, confident authority teacher 
but had that little thing that made him more relatable. And so the idea is that if you're trying to build trust with someone, and obviously we know people buy based on trust, in order for the trust to be at the highest, it needs to have both of those things. It needs to have relatability and it also has to have authority. And so it's like, there's obviously, you know, one or the other. I think that I, for a long time was not, I mean, I was relatable, but I wasn't really warm. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I've learned a lot from you around being just more open, more warm, more approachable. Because I always just felt like, oh, I need to, I think that's the perfectionist in me for a long time. I was like, I just need to have all my shit together all the time. And like, these people are paying me. So I need to like, look like I got it all together. And then Every when everything happened with the marriage, I was like, that was out the fucking window. I was like, okay, I can't even pretend that I have my shit together when I don't, obviously. And so I think it's possible to have both. And so I don't know what that balance is, but you and I both know the feeling of someone who is, yes, really smart, but like you don't want to hang out with them. Yeah. You know, so I think especially in our space around masterminds, this is a big topic. Uh, you and I have both been in multiple masterminds and I can tell you, do not choose a mastermind to join based on like, strategy or some sort of like facts or like insight that you think you will gain join a mastermind based on the people yep join a mastermind you have to like the person who is uh you know we've, uh, i won't say names but the one that we did love was cole hatter yeah and both of us were in cole's mastermind and just because we're like oh, he's a cool dude he's a smart dude and we get along with him on a personality level yep. and so he attracted a lot of people into his mastermind like him and then i've been in other masterminds where the person who was running it attracted a lot of people like him and I just didn't quite feel like I fit in. Yep. It's so true. It's a it's interesting to being around the people who kind of maybe I maybe they don't call this the red rope policy. I'm sure most of them don't, but who kind of behave that way because then they also do it to some of their peers where they start cutting off peers at a certain level and it's almost like this uh, high school clicky club situation and I just don't I don't like that either it feels it just feels like suddenly you're in or you're out and I don't know maybe and you know maybe people listening to this I would love feedback from people listening and if they if if you guys notice or if you can tell certain people are like that or because I've never been a big fangirl except for Taylor Swift uh, of anyone really and I even feel like if I met Taylor (laughs) I feel like Taylor would be really nice and there's other celebrities and we hear about this all the time too right there's other celebrities that you hear they're just rude and they come off and you're just kind of like huh I'm kind of off them I don't like them anymore but at the same time does it take away from their talent, their expertise? Does it take away anything if they're too relatable? I don't know. It's just, it's a really weird place to be in trying to decide whether or not to draw the line, if there is a line to be drawn at all. For me, um, when I was told this by my friend, because I was running an event, it was my very first live event. This was 2012. And she told me that I shouldn't be hanging out with my participants after. And I understood and actually did make some sense as far as like not going out with them, um, like being invited to a certain place because some of them felt like maybe they didn't go to the wherever. I don't know. But I feel like it's okay if you have an event and maybe there's like a a lobby bar or something hanging and you're hanging out downstairs and people want to come see you. I don't see any problem with that. Maybe not making, uh, taking an invite and inviting half, like that's kind of weird, inviting half the people that paid. But Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a difference between like a red rope policy of like, I need to keep my, like everyone at arm's distance and boundaries. Yeah. Right? Like that's the thing is like, you know, if someone is in a position where, and like, I hate to say this, but, and it's not that I don't, so a person is a person is a person. So there's always going to be disgusting behavior. Like there's always going to be that like kind of gross behavior that I, I don't think that either one of us would ever feel comfortable like 
being better than or whatever. But, you know, I like I won't personally follow every single person who I talk to on the internet on Instagram, right? So I still need to have, uh, for example, if everyone I mastermind, I follow. Mm-hmm. Like to me, I'm like, they made a huge investment with me. Like, and it's not because like they earned a follow. Like my follow is not worth that much. It's just like, I don't want to see like literally 10,000 people's posts that, that I really want to curate my feed and protect my feed because I want, you know, I'm looking at their posts. I'm their business coach. I want to make sure. So if you've ever had a conversation with me or Danny online, like I'm not always just going to follow you because we had an interaction, but because I didn't doesn't mean anything. And I'm trying to be better than so it's like all these really nuanced, just situations, but a boundary would be something like someone reaches out to you about uh, something that they're struggling with on a DM, I think you can be there for them without a like coaching them all the way through like you would do someone paying you. And then B not dumping your own shit, right? Because like a a hallmark of a coach is like you're not you know, I don't want to be like also dumping my shit. And then now all of a sudden, like it's a TMI kind of like it just changed yeah. the dynamic a little bit, especially if I am a coach. Like I want to be in a coaching role most of the time. And this is the other thing. And this is I don't know if this is going to come out like really dickheadish or not. But a, some uh, it's going to probably come out dickheadish, but I'm going to say it anyway. If someone is a personal trainer and they're on Instagram or something like that. And they're like, hey, Jill, they really want to connect with me because they really, uh, they teach their clients moderation 365 or something like that. Like, I really appreciate that. But as a professional, they haven't created a body of work yet that I can learn from. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want to connect with people because they're amazing humans and they're cool people and they're doing good work. But like on a peer to peer level, I don't know that I can learn anything from them yet because they're still regurgitating moderation 365. Does that make sense? So like, I know it sounds, and I like, I hope it didn't come off greasy, but in a way it's not that I do, I can't learn about other stuff. Maybe they've been married for 30 years and I'm like, tell me about that. That's amazing. Like you obviously know what you're doing when it comes to relationships. I want to know more about that. But if we're trying to connect on like, the thing that I do in the industry and like you also haven't quite gotten there. I've been doing it, Danny, I've been doing this for almost a decade. So like if you haven't quite built your body of work yet, I think there's something, and by the way, I did this too when I was first starting out. I wanted, you know, Jamie Eason to know who I was. I wanted Rachel Cosgrove to know who I was. I wanted these people who had built a body of work to know who I was because I was so passionate about the thing that they were doing, but I hadn't put any skin in the game yet. Yeah. I hadn't taken any risks. I hadn't invested in myself. I hadn't made a name for myself. I haven't, I hadn't done any blogging, any posting, any original thought come up with my any like original concepts to add to their space. But I remember feeling like really just like, oh, like, why don't they, if they just knew me, then it would be. So I think this stuff is a little bit nuanced. And I think, you know, having this conversation, I don't know where we're going to go with it, but I am interested in it. Yeah. I like that the point you just made, because it made me think about when we were at your event, actually, and you said, how do you reach out to somebody to not to come off not sounding like a fangirl, but coming off as a peer? And to the earlier point is like, I'm relatable. And if we met in person, I would be gracious and talk to you and ask you questions. But if you ask me to go to coffee, I don't I can't give everybody that time. Like I can't. So there is a place where I would say like back to the boundaries is like, do you have something that would be beneficial to me for me to go out with you? Because if it's just like you want to pick my brain or you just really enjoy like what I have to say, that's awesome. And I love that. And I appreciate it. 
But at the same time, I can't spend an hour of my time unless I know that there's like something in return for me. Like maybe you're going to be helping me with, I don't know, getting sponsors for the podcast, like something I need or something I want to learn about. So there is something to be said about, you know, you can't, like you do want to treat people as human beings and you do want to be kind and you don't necessarily want to have a red rope policy. But at the same time, you do need to have your policy and your boundaries, boundaries. in place of like who you're hanging out with and spending and the most time with. And here's just to give anyone who's listening to this and is like, oh, cool. Like I would love to pick Danny's brain. Here's what I would do. And this is what I do still, by the way, is if I know that someone has a lot of demands on their time, you know, they're really successful, whatever. I'm not saying that we're necessarily real successful, but like I will always offer to pay for their time always. And a lot of times they'll like, they'll be like, Oh, well, you know, don't worry about it. Or a lot of times, like, even if you're paying me, I still don't have the time. So I think offering to pay someone's hourly rate just as a courtesy just say, hey, I, w- I have a few questions about um, Danny. I have a few questions about internet business, or you know, I, I want to start a podcast. Would it, you know, could I, you know, get on the phone with you for like twenty or thirty minutes? Happy to pay your hourly rate. Chances are, if you approach like that, Danny'd probably be like, don't worry about it. I'll just like call you when I'm on the road, you know. But like, yep. you know, but whatever. But be ready to invest in that. And I do that still to this day. Anytime I bring someone in or, you know, get someone to do a training for my business, I'm always like, Hey, I'm going to cover your hotel, cover your travel. If it's at a mastermind or like, I'll try and pay you for your time if I can. It needs to be a win-win. Yeah. I really, I really like that. I've had somebody recently DM me and they were asking me, I, you know, I was sitting there and I was uh, waiting for a flight. So I had the time and I ended up in this conversation, kind of coaching this girl through some stuff. And she asked me what my Venmo was and sent me for some money for it. And I was like, it wasn't anything that I asked for, but it was just a great, it was a nice uh, gesture and I appreciated it because I did go above and beyond and we had like quite a long back and forth conversation. Um, And most of the time I wouldn't have had time for that or had the space to just happen to be waiting. So, but I, I do like that. Uh, I do like that approach. And there is, you know, I'm really curious to hear if you guys have Mm -hmm. had, um, you know, a celebrity run in or somebody that like made you feel good or made you feel really bad. And also, what do you think? You yeah. know, if you were in uh, some like Taylor Swift's position or if you were in Jill or my position, like how would you want to be approached and vice and vice versa? So I'm really curious about what you all think about this. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear from and you. And hopefully we will have some more Brunch of My Besties events. Yes. So so we can meet you in real life. Yeah, it'd be it'd be great. We have I think we do have a long list of cities that uh, we want to hit. We do. We're working on this. I know we are. Danny's been working super hard on it. So anyway, if you guys, you know, and also this is one thing we are, and maybe we can ask you guys for help on this, is we have been really trying to elicit some sponsorships to like some fairly large corporate sponsorships for some of our events. If you have brands that you love, if you have brands that you have connections with, if you have brands that you trust, or even you're a, you're a business owner yourself, like we'd love to hear from you. Like obviously we're super, super open. You know, we are monetizing the podcast at this point to a certain degree, but we have a lot of things that we really want to do. And we, in order to do those, we do need a little bit more cash. So we're not paying out of pocket for everything. So that would be an amazing ask. Pop into the closed Facebook group, thebestlifepodcast.com. Give us your, your two cents on this nuanced conversation. Thank you as always for hanging with it. And we love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.